going on? Welcome to Golf Lovers United, where we discuss golf the fair way. And what an explosive week we've had this week with the one, the only, world number three, Mr. John Ram, officially signing on the dotted line with Live Golf in a Max Homer predicted Letterman jacket, which, of course, we're probably all wanting the next time we go to an event. I know that Ben and Jay... My esteemed co-host here will absolutely be wearing those, regardless of the temperature where Jay lives. He's going to be sweating out just to get out there looking cool in that letterman. It's been a big, big week, which is why we've put this bonus episode out. We are going to talk specifically about why John made this jump, because let's be honest, you know, August 2022, it didn't look like he was going to. He had a few bones of contention with the Lift Golf League, but here we are a few months later, and well, everything has changed. And as we approach the December 31st deadline for the framework agreement, well, maybe we'll start to think about what else could change. Maybe we'll start to revisit some of those player scores that we put out over the last few weeks. We shall see. Now, before I bring on Ben and Jay, I just need to give a quick shout out to the GLU brand ambassadors. We've actually got a few more trickling in every single week. Now, we've got our fantastic Live Golf Forecasting and Red Harrington, but we're joined today by Mr. Kevin Dignan. Thank you for joining us. You're not only going to get access to meetups and to exclusive invites to any events that we do and in the future early access and bonus access to content, but you're also going to be the first to know about the guests that we have on and have your opportunity to have your say when it comes to those guests as well. So if you do want to get involved, you can become a brand ambassador at glugc.com slash support. And you can also listen in your podcast app of choice or on the old YouTube, which is beautiful because you get to see our faces. Speaking of which, Ben at Golf Lover UK, Jay at Pro Golf Critic. I bet you two and those fine faces of yours I bet they've I bet they've not beamed so much since your first Christmas as a child this week. How are you guys feeling about I don't want to say a prediction because I don't want to blow smoke up your ass, but let's call it a prediction coming true. How do you guys feel about it? I'm feeling great. Which prediction? <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. This is where I, I you know, I knew this would start now. He's got his bloody Twitter head on. Here we go. <laughs> He's going to ask me to check the timestamps later, Jay. I can't speak. <laughs> no, I got to say, like, this has been one of the, those weeks, like I posted on Twitter, like there's been a periods of time where Live Golf has sort of up-leveled. And honestly, like all of us that have been sort of the bleeding edge sort of early adopters, like it's it's been really exciting because it's like, look, we've expended a lot of effort, a lot of time because it's something that we're passionate about, something that we like, something that we think is actually great for the global golf ecosystem. And I'm really, really excited and pumped about it. Um, we've got a lot of negativity over, over the course of time, but you know, uh, weeks like this, they make all that negativity worth it. I think you made a really good point in saying I'd like to address is that I, I've had a lot of negative, angry, nasty tweets over the last two years. I've probably got 250 people blocked who've, who've made threats or spoken to me in a way that I wouldn't, I wouldn't tolerate it face to face, not going to tolerate it online. And I think what I want, what you said, think Jay is that, that we really like the live pro. I love the PGA tour. I love golf. I've talked about the PGA tour leadership, letting us, letting us all down. I've made it very clear. Live should have been replaced the WGCs. 
two and a half years ago when it was originally proposed doing doing those WGCs it being a 12 event league 10 event league whatever it being and everyone playing together it would have been superb we're not there it's not happening but I find it odd that people can't understand that we just like the live product. People say, like, I still get, oh, you must be a paid for bot. I'm not a paid for bot. There's photos of me playing golf with my daughter, videos of me and my daughter, videos of me going on my 40th birthday trip to Nan and um, Doorknock and Castle Stewart. And I think this is an inability to understand. Actually, we just really like the product and really like what's going on. So I think it's important. And I've said this and I'm going to say it again now. Now is the time where we come together. If you don't like live and you don't like what we're putting out on Twitter, I'm sorry. I love the PJ tour. I hope that in the next two years, everything can go back to a way where everyone's playing together and lives in the ecosystem, PJ tours, new ecosystem, the mate. I hope we can do that, but we're either going to do it together or not at all. The division's now got to go. I've, played a part in that with some sarky snarky tweets doesn't need to happen and i think that as a community if we want to be together we can be together the next six weeks are going to be really tough for the pga tour stands that hate live they're going to have a really bad six weeks it's going to be dreadful but don't lash out just appreciate that we can all make this work together in the next two years it will happen. The PGA Tour will exist and live will be the premier team product, whatever else it's going to be. What it'll look like, who knows, but it will happen. So let's all, all just get on now. Come on. It's a huge thing that, and uh, the, I think the Ram signing is an interesting, an interesting inflection point for this. Cause I want to pick up on that. Jay, you mentioned about the, the bleeding edge early adopters that you guys are and, and were, which I think is admirable and I think it's fantastic. And I, w- I was there, not as publicly as you guys, but keeping very close eyes on it, watching everything that's, that goes out and just as a, as, a, as a golf fan, just doing that, albeit not publishing about it. What I, what I think is, is worth a discussion is this inflection point, okay? Because golf is fractured. There's absolutely no doubt about that. You know, there's, there's, there's a, a huge fracture in golf right now. The only way for golf to repair itself is for those fractures to disappear. For that to happen, everyone needs to get closer together. For that to happen, everything has to become more interesting to more people. All right. So what I'm talking about here is that, you know, honestly, I don't, the live golf team aspect, I'm just not that interested in it personally right now. That's not to say there's anything wrong with it. Just I've never been a big team sport guy. I don't really follow that much soccer. I've I, I gravitated to golf because it was the six inches between the ears. That was the interesting thing for me as as, as the individual aspect of it. So I say that representing the people that do love the heritage of the PGA Tour from the standpoint of team stuff simply does not exist outside of the cups. We know about that, but 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 but. I see the reasoning for team sports. I see the logic here. I see why it is important. I see that, look, let's be honest, business-wise, financially, if team golf can work regularly, there's a pile more money in it. In order for that to happen, people like John have to come along. We can't have interest in teams if the people on the teams are just people that I'm generally not interested in. So that's quite that's quite a long way of saying 
This feels like a bit of an inflection point for Liv and for the PGA Tour. But I want to go straight at this. I think we've got to do it early. And I know, Jay, you're going to go deep on this. We've got a future episode that you as a listener need to bookmark in your diary. This is more than likely going to go out the 22nd of December. It's going to be a big episode where Jay gives us a real deep dive on the machinations of Liv, on some of the things that we may or may not know about, but actually some of the things that really matter to the business aspect of golf. Okay. But what for now has changed for John Ram? I've got to get it out early. What has changed since August, 2022? Why the difference? And let's assume that we don't have to mention the money because obviously the money, but what's changed to move him along? Let, let me let me grab that because I know you're going to do a deep dive, Jay, and and you're going to do this a thousand times deeper across the whole of golf. John Rahm didn't just get money; he didn't just get a check. He spent time and spoke to at length captains, um, of, 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 of captains, sorry, leaders within Live, leaders within the Piff, with Yazir and understands the opportunity to develop and bring in a legacy which he's talked about. And I know there's going to be there's going to be people that are just going, oh, it's all rubbish, it's just about money. Well, okay, yeah, he's got a load of extra money, and of course money matters. But John Rahm also does care about a legacy for Spanish golf, a legacy for junior golf, and these things matter. And he's now got the ability, he believes, to build something. Now, people can scoff it if they want, but it doesn't make it any less true. And, I, and that's something that I'm, I'm trying to get my head around, that just because people don't agree with it doesn't make it less true. He does believe in that, and he truly does believe there's going to be something that can be developed that builds a legacy. And when we all talk about legacy, Mark, you talk about legacy and tradition within the PGA Tour, which since 1968 has been there. But let's not forget, in 1968, when Jack... Arnold set up the PGA tour. They did something very similar. They wanted the control and the money. It's, it's just happening again. And that's why the PGA of America, they have an issue because that's what happened to them. This time round, we've got a new breed who are building a legacy. Jack and Arnold, they built their legacy in 68, obviously before for Arnold, but they built legacy in 68 moving forward. These guys are building a legacy now. If you're the first people in, in the first two, three years, and you create a team aspect, you create a new competition, you create a new format, what probably will go to either this year, maybe not, but next year, definitely to 60 players, 20, 20, 20 groups of three going out in shotgun. They're going to create that. That is going to be their legacy, what they're going to create. And this is not a two-year plan, three-year plan. This is a 10-year game. Yeah, that's huge. And just, I know you're going to jump in, Jay. I just want to kind of add to that, the, the Seve side of it as well, because the I can see both sides of this. You know, $600 million is a hell of a lot of money. But what if if you're someone at 29 years old with a family, what's it going to buy you that $100 million that someone like John Ram can already access you know, the, the, there's there's no day on day difference financially with that one, but at the same time, it's a huge number over three years. 
I, I, I do see both sides of the money argument. From a Seve perspective, which I think is the thing a lot of people invoke about the legacy, he was ostracized from the Ryder Cup. He was ostracized, you know, you had people like Bernard Langer fighting his corner uh, for many years to get him back into the fold. And I, I do think a lot of people forget that element of it as well, um, which I think is just very important to, I think, just have a mental bookmark around. But Jay, sorry, you were going to say something. Uh, no, I completely agree with everything you guys are, are saying. I'm going to take a little bit of the other side in this. This uh, There's obviously a, a, uh, a push and a pull here. There's obviously the, pu- uh, the pull of live and sort of everything going on there and the conversations John had with all of the right people in and around live golf. That much is very, very clear. That's you know, part of the reason why is his mind uh, you know, got changed. The other part to this is obviously the push from the PJ Tour, from the leadership, from uh, look. I've I've had it on very very good authority, pretty much as good authority as you you could have on on this. That um, it's been sort of laid out to John um, all of the ways the PJ Tour has been lying to its players, the way it's been lying to its top players, to its rank and file players. Lying to them about the financials. Um, and I think that the uh, tour's financials are way, way worse than anyone <laughs> that, that's currently out there in the uh, press and in the uh, public. And this also ties into all of my frustrations with the media and the golf media that we've <laughs> discussed at length. Like, I knew, I got tied into this stuff very, very early on that a lot of the stuff that had been pushed uh, by the PJ Tour and its media partners and its leadership about the state of the financials, the state of everything going on internally at the PJ Tour, I knew a lot of that stuff was flat out lies. There's no question. There's no question about it. I think that a lot of that stuff is starting uh, to bubble up to the surface. I think that more and more of this information is getting out to the players, and I think that is a there's a direct correlation between this information going out to the players and the uh, floodgates opening to players wanting to go over to live who are currently in negotiations, who have already signed deals like this stuff is not coincidental. So there's a lot of people that are tied into this stuff. Now I think that we've seen uh, this totally flip in the last week in terms of, the way people are going to talk about this, the way players are going to talk about it, the way that the media is going to have to start covering this. A lot of this information is going to start getting out very, very soon. So look, that was a very, very heavy influence into the John Rom situation. Like this isn't just Liv sort of pulling him away from the PJ Tour. It's also the, the PJ Tour has pushed him. And there's so many fractures within the PJ Tour leadership right right now. Like I can't even go into all the details now because it would literally be a three hour podcast. Like it's so crazy some of the stuff going on there. John knows all of this stuff. Rory knows a lot of this stuff. It's part of the reason why he left the the PJ Tour board. Uh, there's a lot of fractures going on right right now. It's very very dire times for the PJ Tour, unfortunately, and. Again, we'll have to see how the, the next you know few weeks play out. Um, I'm uh, optimistic. Hopefully, the stuff hap- happening now kind of pushes ev- everything along. And uh, look, like I said from the beginning, I'm rooting for the merger. I want it to happen. 
for all the reasons that we talked about. We need everything to start coming together. It's kind of now or never, to be quite <laughs> quite honest with, with you. And I'm totally uh, on Ben's side here, you know, in a previous podcast, basically saying that, like, we've got basically three weeks now. Um, I don't know if it's actually going to get extended now. So there's a lot of stuff that sort of has to happen here in the next few weeks. Uh, I'm very interested to see how, how things happen. But uh, look, there, there's going to be more signings coming here in the next week or two. Uh, a lot of the names that we've talked about are certainly on the way. Um, some of the names that, that we initially were sort of down on, we're going to have to, to flip those, uh, those, those ratings a little bit. So, yeah, so, um, and I haven't even started talking about the um, investment that's potentially coming into Lyft uh, as well. That ties into everything that I just talked about as well. That's the exciting part. So remember, for, for you listening out there, and, and you, GLU brand ambassadors, tell your friends, because, of course, Jay is going to go deep on all of that side of things on the 22nd of December. Stick it in your diary. One thing that you mentioned there, man, is you you alluded to other players. Now, we've seen some names floated around. We've seen Tony, Mr. Fina, who's uh, shooting ridiculous scores with Nelly Corder this weekend as, as we're recording this. We've seen one Terrell Hatton, Ryder Cup star, being banded around over on Twitter as well. But the thing that I'm interested in is there are certain people who are in what I would probably call a Goldilocks zone, where the, everything is just right. And a couple of them in particular, potentially major winners, potentially Ryder Cup winners. So, Ben, Jay. Are we going to have to change any scores? Are we going to see some people moving to live that, you know, the Ram floodgates have now opened? Maybe we didn't expect these people to go. So what's what's the take on that situation right now? I am not taking any victory laps. I am not. I want people to understand that virtually every single person that likes live wanted there to be a joint thing, everyone together, in together, I've said it. Go back and listen to the pod. Go back and look at my podcast, my, my tweets. Go back at my, my, my monologues. You boys do love a bloody good told you so. It's like doing a podcast with my missus. No, but no, my point, no, my point is trying to say that, that, that I, that we didn't, Jay and I never <laughs> wanted division. Jay and I wanted live to be what it is, doing what it is with qualifying into it from the PJ. We wanted it all to be together. The people that are going to get annoyed and like, oh, so what? John Rom doesn't move the needle. You've got to also be prepared we know of two investments. One might happen in the next two weeks, Jay, and I know you're going to be covering this off. When people have got, when when Liv have already got fantastic players and they've just taken Ram, the Finau news that we put up on the 9th of November, I know Jay talked about that, that was then apparently broken by the Daily Telegraph 31 days later, um, about Finau coming across. With players like Finau and players like Ram and players of the ilk that Jay and I will touch on, we touched on before, investment and money is going to follow them and teams are going to be picked up and sponsored. It is going to happen. So it's time not. It's time to stop saying, oh, Liv don't make any money. Liv, it's not about that. Stop finding derision, a division. Stop stop being derisive and finding division. There we are. Stop. It's, it's, it is what it is going to be now. And Liv will attract at least three more players that we know about on top of Fino and Ram. And there are going to be at least two investments that we know about 
coming into teams. It, that's just what it yeah. is. Like, let me pick up on that, dude, because I think that's that's important. The one of the big challenges that I think live has and had, and we talked about this with Jerry. We talked about it, I think, a few times, and and it actually links to what you said, Jay, about you know you guys been been. Um, bleeding edge early adopters from a fan zone. And, and, and when I say that, I don't just mean from a fan perspective, because I think there's a lot of people that were like that, that just did it through interest. But what I mean by that is that you guys were publishing things about it. Or right? I think that's a very important distinction to make. The, 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 the needle being moved with someone like John Ram coming over to live for me is it's it's taking live one step further down what is quote unquote this startup journey you know which is where you get your bleeding edge adopters and we're moving now into the next phase of what i see as adoption it's it's a very very specific flow that any business any brand any media goes through any content the the big thing that's missing is real accessible tv rights which then spirals into sponsorships even further because obviously eyes equal dollars. Let's just have a few minutes on that one, because I feel, John, when we look back in a few years' time, I feel that this signing of Ram is is probably going to be pivotal to this accessibility of Liv. What do you, what do you make of that, Jay? 100%. Like, this is, that's the reason why I keep telling people, like, even though people are poo-pooing, like, oh my God, they they overpaid for Ram, but it's like, they actually didn't, because this is, again, like, uh, if you can have a pivot point where you know that the floodgates are going to open after this, there's pretty much no no, no dollar amount that's like <laughs> that's that's uh, too high because it's opening the floodgates not only for the players but for these sponsors. Like it, it's already been made very clear, and we sort of have talked about this um, on a, a couple of earlier podcasts. Like the additional branding that's going to come along with. Uh, some of you, these players like John Rump, look, Callaway is going to have a tie into his team. Like there's no question about it. They're going to have probably a minority stake in his team too. Um, I think that these are the things that we've been talking about for a while. Um, and to be quite honest, I didn't think it was going to come along as fast as it potentially is. Like I'd always been projecting out, Oh yeah, you know, 2025, we're going to start uh, seeing some of this stuff. It's pretty clear that we're looking at this happening way, way, way faster than even I thought, uh, where Rom has his brands and sort of sponsors that are going to tie into his team. I think Tony Finau's got his sponsors. Look, Tony Finau's very, very tied into one of the um, owners of the Utah Jazz, who is, look, I can promise you... You guys, like he is going to be very, very heavily involved in live. He is completely bought into this. I'm, I'm going to say it, say it now. This is another thing where you can look back on this podcast in three, four months and be like, oh my God, you guys were so ahead of this thing. <laughs> so it's like, we see, we see these things because look, we all have experience in business. We all have experience in startups and things like, like that. It's like, we see exactly how these things come about. Um, I think that the floodgates are, are going to start opening to, to more and more sponsors, to more and more, uh, you know, heavy investors with really, really deep pockets. Uh, just like we we kind of saw in, you know, TGL, but it, it's going to be, you know, a different type of investor. It may not be the same folks investing in TGL. It's going to be, 
you know, people that have investments in these players that, that want to start building these teams in a very specific way. Um, and it all sort of leads. Jay. Yeah. Jay. Yeah. Tell me that Ram isn't going to call his team Los Toros and get some money out of Red Bull. <laughs> That's actually a great point. Um, I uh, He's obviously going to call it Los Toros. He's obviously going to call it the Bulls. He's obviously going to do that. Like if if he doesn't call it Los Toros and have some sort of angular bull shape with a red red background and black bull, I don't tell you how I understand what might happen. But bookmark that one. We're time stamping this one. Screenshot it's- this one, Ben, because if it doesn't happen, I want to see you eat that majestic hat. <laughs> But the whole, but the point, if he doesn't call Los Toros, be amazed. If if it doesn't end up being red and black, I'm, I'm not being held to held to look held to the fire on he that. He said but he wasn't. The, so, but it lent, God. it lends itself, doesn't it? He also said he wasn't staying at the PGA <laughs> Tour. Yet, so I mean, that's a fair point. That's a fair you know, point. love the guy. Point, but but <laughs> you, you got me on that one. You got me on that one. <laughs> one nil, Mark. <laughs> I'm going to tweet that one out. A timestamp that one, boys. No, no, no. I think it's. Uh, I think it's. Um, it's an interesting. There's a couple of things actually. All joking aside, someone like Red Bull is actually sort of perfect for Liv. Like the brand is 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 very, very interesting. Which leads me on to the next point that I was going to get to, which is, I think, from my perspective, when I talk to anyone that doesn't generally like Liv, you know, down at the club, right? It's my local club. It's. It's a golf club. You know, they're not generally going out to the Ryder Cup. They're not generally going out. They're they're, they're not going to the Open. They maybe do the British Masters once every three years. They are not plugged into this. They are plugged plugged into usually the rough on a winter's morning and just losing balls after balls. And they're just, all they do is turn up to play the golf and have a beer. The point I'm trying to get at is, look, if someone like Red Bull comes into golf, and it's a great example to make, actually, that is very different to the Honda Classic, to Memorial, you know, very different to the John Deere. The the vibe, the brand, the feeling of Liv is still so young that do you, do you, do you think that all of these business machinations, all of these business discussions, all of these investment ideas are just too far away from the average golfer. Are we st- is two questions on the back of that for you, Jay, I think to start with it is, is live still too young to have seeped into the psyche of the general club golfer that isn't into media, isn't on Twitter, isn't doing that. And then two, do you think John Rahm moving shifts the needle with that? Yes. So, you know, the thing with, with John Rahm, and I've, I've seen a lot of polls about this and sort of, uh, you know, various things asking if John Rahm sort of uh, uh, makes you more li- likely to watch, watch live. Um, and while those polls say, you know, it was uh, mostly negative, <laughs> but I, I do think that, look, the, these things are on a, um, a curve. Like it's not uh, just going to jump from, okay, uh, 20% to like 80%. Like there, but also as well, like, so, sorry to interject, but also like if you, that's on Twitter or online, yes. if you sent a postcard to my golf club members, that the results would be so different, yes. mate. No, it's true. Like, I feel like. Uh, you know, and I play, you know, 
club golf and and I, I know a lot of the guys at my uh, local club here here in the Bay Area. Um, and look, they've learned a lot of information about about live from me because the thing is that that like and again this goes into you know and I hate to keep bringing this up because look I know this is like a horse that I beat to death but it's like it's still so relevant just the piss poor job the media has done in terms of getting live out there explaining how it's going to work uh talking about all of the plans for the future like basically mm-hmm. there's golf publications that I know a lot of my colleagues rely on for that information where this information has not been out there and accessible to them. It just hasn't. So it's like, I feel like I have to be the evangelist, which is why I feel like my club is probably the most educated on this stuff because like I have been evangelizing this for like 18 months. So, (laughs) but that's sort of a very, very small sort of part of the equation. I think that the media, they do play such an important role in all of this. Um, and I hate to say that because I've been dogging them for the last two years, but it's like they need to step it up. Um, and I do think that they're going to start to realize that's going to be where their bread is buttered moving into the future. And it's not going to it's not going to be overnight. There's these little incremental steps. There's these little things where live is up leveled all of a sudden. It's like you start talking about top players. You can't talk about top players without talking about the guys that live first. So like now when, when we're talking about top players, you're talking about John Rahm. You're talking about Brooks Kepka, You're talking about Bryson. You're talking about Rory. You're talking about Scotty Sheffield. You're just talking about Cam Smith. All of a sudden, like the top four out of six are at live. So if you're talking about professional golf, you have to start talking about live. So uh, I'll give you a 60 second analogy on that, Jay, that, that backs up what you're saying. Not an analogy, um, what's an anecdote. Um, oh, it's a Sunday. It's, my words were all jumbled. I had derision and division mixed up. And now it's analogy and anecdote. Anyway, anecdote. I was with someone today playing golf with them. We had a lovely time. I shot, I shot 89 with four doubles. It was tr- atrocious. Oh, I can't keep it on the you face of the planet. You keep saying that, Ben. Every time we record, oh, I shot 90 again. You're like, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's not 90. It's 90. Shut up. No, it's not 90. <laughs> right, anyway. I think last time we spoke, I shot a 79. So, but let's, let, let's, not, let's not forget that. But right. I don't know. Um, let's bookmark that one. Um, what's going to say? <laughs> You've distracted me. Um, I think one of the biggest problems Liv have had, and I've said this the whole time, is that people don't know where it is or how to find it. I don't think Liv's um, advertising of how to watch and where to watch has always been the best. I think a lot of it has been on me, on social media. If you're not on social media, can't use it. This person, I won't say her name, isn't a social media user, maybe goes on once every three to four weeks. They're like that type of social media user. They said to me, oh God, um, I'm now going to have to find how to watch Liv. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I did not watch it before because I didn't like it, but I just couldn't be bothered to find out how to watch it. What's important about that statement is that he is now one of many hundreds of thousands, I imagine, who've gone, oh, Christ. I was apathetic. He wasn't watching the PGA talk because he'd had enough of that. So he now wasn't, didn't watch any golf last year. And now he's going to bother to find out how to do it. And I think that's the important thing. There are going to be hundreds of thousands of fans who go, okay, Ram's gone over, Fino's gone over, two more players have gone over, maybe three have gone over. Oh, there's six brand new players gone to live. 
I now need to go and find how to download it, how to watch and what to do with it. Yes. And I think that a lot of golf fans are creatures of habit. And this is something that like, this is the reason why in the United States, the PJ tour being on the major net- networks here, like they're guaranteed to get certain numbers because people are just, and this is, uh, you know, something we have talked about previously, Mark, is that, you know, you're uh, sort of conditioned to at a certain time on Saturday and Sunday, you're turning on a, a particular channel because you're expecting to see golf on that channel. I think it's going to be fairly soon that we're living in a world where you do that and there's going to be live golf on your TV instead of, or in addition to the sort of traditional events. So, um, and again, this is where these like incremental things, this is why uh, it really had to be a 10 year plan. Like after two years, you're still sort of building and it's like, you don't really, the picture doesn't really start to become clear until you're in year three, four, and five. And we're only finishing year two at this point. So it's like there's going to be these little incremental steps that continue to happen. Again, the ROM thing is a linchpin in this entire process. The next two weeks are going to be a gigantic s- seismic shift. I'm actually going to uh, loop loop in really quick. I was texting with my dad, who I've been keeping kind of in the loop on the ROM stuff. As soon as he saw it, saw the ROM news on ESPN, which is what he he watches like twenty four seven. He texted me one word, and it was earthquake, because he knew how big it was this move, and then seeing it on um, ESPN, and then seeing people talk about it in a particular way. And they're talking about living a completely different way than they were the same time last year. So again, this is where you have these incremental steps. And I think that we're going to continue to see this. I think it's only going to be on the the rise. More and more people are going to watch. More and more people are going to get it. We are going to continue to evangelize what's going on because I think that there's just such a lack of information out there that we're going to have to be some of the people to sort of get it out there to the public. So I think all of those things are really, really important to this whole process. There's always a point in any startup journey, regardless of the size of the business, regardless of the type of the business, whether it's a media business, content business, broadcast business, or a tech business, whatever. There's always one thing that pushes the iceberg above the water, and you just start to see the tip of it, and everyone that knew it was there knows what's going on underneath the surface, but the general public start to see it surfacing, and it feels like the John Rahm signing is the breaking of the water, to to, to, to kind of phrase that, and it's it, one thing, two things, from our brand perspective, from the, the Golf Lovers United brand perspective, there's a reason that we're called that, and it's, you know, it's very easy to feel looking from the outside in that actually this is a live podcast, but it's the nature genuine. And that's cool. Like if it is, it is, if it isn't, it isn't whatever. That's cool. We know what the mission is, but that's been the news. There's not been that much going on with the PGA tour apart from the things that just aren't amazing. It's not, there have been no new tournaments going on. There have been no new major sponsors going on. There have been no new major players breaking through with the exception of maybe like a couple on the DP world tour, obviously Ludwig. Um, But that's just been the landscape. 
it's just been the landscape. So I think from a GLU perspective, it's all about that. Uh, Jay, shoot, go on. What were you going to say? Com- uh, completely agree. And this is something that I've been trying to crystallize on Twitter a little bit more. Like this whole process is not just about live golf. I want to make this abundantly clear to um, everyone. And this is something that I'm going to tap into on the uh, podcast in a, a couple weeks. Uh, there is a grander plan um, at play here uh, that doesn't just involve live golf. Now, look, the way things are going now, like things may be shifting in a way where maybe live golf is the sort of premier premier league here pretty soon. That being said, I think that there's also, you know, tremendous value in a lot of the legacy products on the PJ tour. In my ideal world, I see these two things coming together to elevate the sport. That's the chess move that Liv has been, that Phil's been talking about, that Greg Norman's been talk, talking about. All these people have been talking about Liv Golf being a very, very vital chess move in terms of moving the entire sport forward. Because the PJ tour on its own was not going to do this. I want to make this a abundantly clear to people. The PGA Tour, if they had no competition, we would have been completely stuck in 2019, 2020 pre-COVID golf. That was not that interesting. Let's just call a spade a spade. Like Tiger Woods was on the decline. A lot of the big names, older names were getting older. The sport did not have a lot of juice to it. It was not going to grow. Live golf was the catalyst needed to push golf into the future. And there is going to be a much, much larger play here that's going to see everything come together with this global series of events. We've only previously had the four majors as like the events where we see all of the best players come together. I very, very strongly believe we are going to be living in a golf world where instead of four events, we're talking about 16 events where all of the biggest players in the world, all of the big names come together on a more regular basis. And they do this on a global scale. That is the path to growing professional golf, not only in the United States, but also throughout the world. That's the path. That's what we're on to. Live Golf is the catalyst to sort of getting that going. And that's part of the reason why we've been so passionate about Live, because we see a couple years ago, a couple of years down the line, like we know exactly uh, how this is going to going to play out. Maybe not exactly, but we have a good feeling <laughs> like because only logically it says that there's very specific things that need to be done in order to move the sport forward that the PGA Tour on its own was never going to do. Yeah, it's a catalyst. And I think as Liv continues to find its own product market fix, I, I, I genuinely don't think it's quite found it yet, which again, for t- it's two years old. Um, it, it won't f- product market, f- market fit is all about finding the product that appeals to the, the, the very maximum amount of people that you ever will, which is never 100%, but it's still massaging certain things, the team format, the, the, the way that the transfers happen, the way that the PR and the marketing works and the brand and the positioning and we're in that life cycle real quick of a startup. They came to play, they came to play with a minimum minimum viable product. That's what they did. But now they, they're, the product's getting better. And as you say, they're now, they're now going to expand on that and grow that. And, and the one thing that we've all seen from being live is there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds 
nigh on thousands of children running around with Majestics, Aces, Stingers, gear on. They are the future of that growth. Mark, you hit it on the head. That's what they're going to grow into. But people need to understand, they came to play with a minimal viable product. It's a startup. That's how it works. And now it will grow from there. People expecting something 18 months old to be a finished article. Like, that's just lunacy. It's just a stick to beat something with because you're desperate for a stick to beat something with. To produce what's been produced in 18 months. And that qualifying event this weekend was phenomenal. I've loved watching that qualify. I know for you, Jay, difficult hours-wise, you've got to get up early to watch that within Abu Dhabi. But for Mark and I, it's absolutely superb. We wake up in the morning, 7 o'clock, there's some golf on. And by the time we get to mid-afternoon, we can actually do some work. <laughs> that genuinely does never happen. And it's... Yeah, I think that's an interesting part of the accessibility because like you mentioned earlier on, Jay, my Sunday nights were getting switched off. And it's, I think just the final takeaway with this is that the, the, the whole concept of live was the catalyst for change. And it feels like the RAM signing is probably something that we'll look back on over the next six, 12, 18, 24 months as the catalyst for elevation, not only for live, but for, change across global golf. And it feels like he's, Brooks was a huge character. Bryson was a huge character, but let's be honest, they, they're not the needle movers across the entire range of the golf industry and the world of golf that John Rahm is right now. That's, that's fair to say. Love the guys, but John Rahm just feels like the biggest thing so far, of course. And I just feel like we'll look back on this as that catalyst for elevation. So we're going to, we are going to stick a pin in it in just a second, but any final thoughts, any closing thoughts from you, Jay? Any closing thoughts from you, Ben? Yeah, a couple things uh, really quickly. I want to say so much has happened this past week that a couple things have been totally lost in this whole equation. I got to give a shout out, a couple quick shout outs. Harold Varna third, he's coming over to my aces. Very, very happy about this this move. I want to thank Peter Uline for his service. He's a great player. He's one of the people that I follow closely at Live. Uh, I think he's going to be a great addition to the Range Goats. The Taylor Gooch move over the Smash. We kind of have been touting that, that one for a month month or two as well. So, look, there's been a lot of movement. We're going to have plenty of time to talk, talk about this, but I wanted to give that a quick shout out. Love that, Ben. Any parting wisdom? We need to remember that, that it's it's now we come together or not. John's gone over. Tony's going over. We know two, three, four more that are going over. They're going to be two big sponsors slash investors going into two different teams. Let's all realize the next 18 months, two years of landscape is going to create something. And, and we can all be friends to together and do this together. And, and if you don't want to be, you don't want to be. But I think you can see how we are and the way that we've been. And I'm excited to see what the next 18 months of live produces, because I think the product's really good. I buy into the team stuff. I know Mark, we laughed because you're not quite into it yet. I love a team game. I love a team sport. Like the one thing that golf always lacked for me was team sport, which is whenever I play, whenever I play, I want to play in a pair or a four or a six or an eight against another four, six, two, four, six, eight, whatever it might be. I love team golf. And I think that we know that kids love teams and I'm really excited to see what happens in the next, in the next few weeks. 
with a, with a creation of a couple of new teams and new players going in. And I know Jay's going to do his deep dive and I know with work, Jay's away a little bit, but Mark, maybe we've discussed you and I can touch an episode where I've got a couple ideas of how some of that team stuff's going to get built out across the world and some things are going to happen. So um, I'm excited to talk about that again one day or again, more fully one day. Sounds perfect. Yeah, I think it would be interesting to, to dig into how the team element could maybe find that product market fit that it needs, that, 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 where, where it can attract the, the, the 100% of its own addressable market. You know, you're never going to get every, every fan, but let's get everyone that you can if we're really doing this. So I think that'd be a great episode to do. So thank you so much. This has been, I'm not going to say the words emergency because it's not an emergency, and I'm not going to say the word pod because every time I see the word pod, it makes me want to hit myself in the face with my one iron. That is right. I have a one iron. It's mainly for hitting myself in the face with. But thank you for joining us on this bonus episode where we dug deep into a bit of logic around the John Ram Live Switch. We're going to go deep this week with one Luke Corner. What a fantastic interview this is that, that Ben and Jay put together with Luke that is coming out on Friday this week. And then... To finish the year strong, we have the one day only pro golf critic diving deep into the background of Live and the future beyond that. It's going to be a really, really, really interesting episode. So follow us over on Twitter for all of the insights at GLU Golf Club. Get over to YouTube, search Golf Lovers United, or tell your friends that they can listen in their podcast app of choice or at glugc.com. And a huge thank you to our brand ambassadors. If you want to join the fan zone, you can do at glugc.com slash support until the next time much love stay cool stay off twitter that's sound advice for everyone these days especially if you've had a drink until then look after yourself and enjoy your golf bye bye for now